New sponsor alert. Support for today's episode comes from True Classic. This brand new sponsor is the absolute best fitting t-shirts a man can buy. Finding the right t-shirt or a little bit of dad bod is incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either way too tight on your gut or look way too big and boxy. You're not in high school anymore and it's time to upgrade. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men finally get a better fit for an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they can offer. For a limited time only, get 25% off using code DOINK at trueclassic.com. Not only are you finally getting a t-shirt designed for your male body, but the first thing you'll notice is how big and soft it is. Get ready to make a thrift shop run because you won't be able to go back to cheap materials once you try these. It's about time you learn how to dress yourself properly. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic. Get 25% off at trueclassic.com with code DOINK. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. 100% risk-free guarantee with a 30-day return policy. Stay classy with True Classic. Your dad bod will thank you. Is crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch discomfort at Manscaped have spent two years designing the most affordable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new Boxers 2.0 from Manscaped take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming so you can wear the boxers for the chilling. They even trademarked the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping using code DOINK at manscaped.com. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches the Manscaped on your waistband of your underwear. That was guaranteed to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. This is thanks to their Lawnmower 4.0, the best electric trimmer for the below the waist grooming. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight. You need more to have a precise shape. Get 20% off and free shipping using Doink at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping using code Doink at Manscaped.com. Com. Our last sponsor of the day is BetterHelp. Hey everyone, you know Brendan and Eric take football very seriously, but there's something we should be taking even more seriously, and that is your mental health. Some people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that could be not be further from the truth. With BetterHelp, you have access to over 20,000 licensed therapists. It's not crisis line, it's not self-help, it's professional therapy done securely online. One of the biggest advantages of BetterHelp is how quickly you can start talking to a licensed professional. If you have looked for a therapist in the area, you can you know it's, it can even take weeks or even months just to find someone that you're comfortable talking to. With BetterHelp, it can take as little as 48 hours and it is easy to change therapists if needed. You deserve to prioritize your mental health this year, so get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash double doing podcast. And we want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brandon Deke. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. You can also rate the podcast and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. It would also be greatly appreciated. A really cool episode for you today. I've been really looking forward to this one. I am joined by Hall of Fame safety. He played in the NFL for 16 seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Denver Broncos. He's the only player in NFL history with at least 25-plus force fumbles, 25-plus sacks, and 25-plus interceptions. He is also the author of Blessed by the Best, My Journey to Can and Beyond. He probably doesn't need an introduction, but we're going to give him one anyways. Brian Dawkins is with me. Brian, how are we doing? I'm blessed. B. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well, man. <laughs> Can't complain at all. Like I was telling you before, I get to talk to my favorite football player of all time. I got my fantasy draft tonight. I'm a, I'm a happy guy today. <laughs> I see. <laughs> so why don't we just start off the top here, Brian? When did you decide to write this book? 
Wow. It was a um, not something that I ever thought I would do, first of all. I never thought that I would have author beside my name, and now, now I do. Uh, it was really came, it really came during the time of, uh, me preparing for my hall of fame speech. And it, I had so many people coming up to me and congratulating me, which I, I definitely appreciated, but I just felt in their, some of their comments that they felt that I've always had that type of success, right. That I've always been that type of individual to have that type of success. And I've always been the, uh, the so-called best player on the team and all those things. And that's far from the case. And so as I really began to pray about it. Um, the book was something that that came to my heart to write so I can be a little more transparent on some things to some some individuals that may have seen me that way. And hopefully they can see some of the things that I've grown through in my life. And I say that on purpose. I've grown through in my life to have me to have the mindset that I have to go after life the way that I go after it. OK, so playing football is hard. Making the NFL is hard. Getting into the Hall of Fame is even harder. I'm assuming writing a book is pretty damn hard as well, Brian. Um, explain the process of it all coming together and the challenges that you faced. Uh, I guess the, the greatest challenge for me was to make sure that it sounded like we're having a conversation because that's what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and Michael did a great job of of that, of, of, of take, taking my voice, taking the way that I talk and making sure that it, it stayed down that right, uh, stayed down that path, excuse me. And so I've, I had to go back and kind of um, rewrite a whole bunch of it um, from time to time. So it was a, a process that, that was elongated because of that reason, but it was really a, a trip down memory lane in a good way for me because those things that you read about, all of those I consider to be triumphs in my life. So when I go back and read the book, you know, there was some, some some dark times and some dark moments, some some relationships that were struggling and all of those things. But I've come on the other side of it. I have wisdom because of it. So I look at this book as a triumph. One of my biggest takeaways from the book was it was almost like a motivational life book more than kind of just a football book. Is that something that you were aiming for? Yeah, yeah. I, I can. I don't consider this to be a, a football book, to be yeah. honest with you. It's is really what I really wanted. Really wanted it to be. Excuse me. Let me slow down. What I really wanted this to be, what it would help whomever needed it in every chapter. So whatever trap chapter you read, there are going to be nuggets in it. There are going to be things that I've learned in my life that I'm putting in that book, just for that reason. For whomever is going to read it, and that thing is going to touch them a specific way. You take it. You digest it. You create your version of the thing that I wrote in that book. So that's kind of how I wanted the book to be worded out. And again, I did not want it to be necessarily a football book. It had to have football in it because I'm a football player. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. And again, Michael did a great job of, of putting those things in there a lot or helping me put those things in there. But I really wanted this to be a life tool, to be a life tool. So you are a man of faith in God and, and it has been a huge part of your life and your journey. Can you kind of take us back? the start of when it all became very important to you to kind of practice your faith and have God be a big part of your life. When did it all start, Brian? Well, gr- growing up, I grew up in a house of believers. Uh, my my father was Catholic. <laughs> my mom was Baptist. So that's completely kind of ends of the spectrum as far as them staying in church long periods of time. My mom, you go to church there. We sometimes, they're in church for two, three hours sometimes. My dad, an hour. So a lot of times we would go with my dad to church because also we would go to eat afterwards 
at fast food restaurant. And as my dad would always tell me, I don't have fast food money. So <laughs> that was a delicacy for us to have that opportunity to eat some fast food during the, uh, the weekend at the church. But I didn't accept Christ into my life until my junior year in high school. Um, after my junior year in high school, that was my when I accepted Christ into my life. Again, I knew about him, went to Bible study and all of those things. Went to uh, not Bible study, went to um, uh, Sunday school. Was what I was looking for. All of those things, but so I knew of Christ, but I never knew him as my personal Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. But I first ex accepted into my life um, out of place of fear in the beginning. So I was like, you know, the, the person asked, and it was after practice one day, Coach Stevens as one of the coaches who was actually also a minister to kind of give us a pep talk. And at the end of it, he asked that question. If you didn't, if you don't know where you're going, um, then you know where you're going. Right. And so that, that scared me. So I, I accepted Christ in my life out of fear in the beginning. But as I really began to read for myself, I really begin to understand for myself. I understood just how much of a loving God that he is. Right. So mm -hmm. that changed over time, but initially I went in because I was it was a fearful thing. And the thing is in the book, because I was never necessarily told that all you need is one. It takes one take. So when you ask him in your heart, he's in your heart. So mm -hmm. I accepted Christ like three times in my life, uh, <laughs> a couple <laughs> of times after that, uh, because, again, I didn't I didn't know. So um, you just brought up your parents um, in your book. You describe your family life and how important your mom and dad were for you. And if you watch your Hall of, Spe your Hall of Fame speech, like your mom seems like one of the best people on earth. Your dad, you, you did a great job of kind of letting the world know how important they were to you. Can you just maybe touch on that? And, and on top of it, how important were your parents to the success that you had? Ex extremely important in my life. Um, one of the reasons that I am and have the mindset that I have is because of those two people that, stay together right that's not a, that's not the norm and that's not mm -hmm. the thing that um i saw a lot of in my neighborhood i saw a lot of single parents and if not necessarily they didn't have a father it's just sometimes we didn't want to be around the fathers other fathers if you know what i'm talking about so yeah. it was not they weren't good role models i'll just say it like that so yep. to have my father in the household with me and to learn all of the things that i've learned from my pop a lot of things that he learned from his grandma to excuse his mom, my grandma, I call her St. Dawkins. She's 105 now. Um, so some of the things. 105. I remember in your speech, you said she was 100. So, so yeah. grandma is still going. Yes. I love yes. it. Man, that's yes. awesome. She's, that's she's awesome. still going. Yeah, great. And so some of the principles and some of the, 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 the things that she and my grandpa taught my pops, he taught us, right? He taught me. And so learning some of those things that I learned from him, I learned from him, um, uh, key principles that I learned from him was, or is, excuse me, because he's still alive, is, you know, what you start, you finish. Mm -hmm. You give max effort. You stay coachable the entire time. And the way that I word it now a little bit differently is you give more than expected of you in those moments. You look for the nugget. And wherever you find yourself, once again, you give max effort. So I learned a lesson. Um, I, had, I was doing something I didn't necessarily want to do, but because I told my father I would do it, I gave Max effort in playing a game of football at a, in a position I did not want to play. And because of that, I developed a worker in me. I, I developed someone that really wants to outwork those around me. And it brought out more of me. And I began to love what I was doing a lot more from doing it that way. And then my mom taught me how to fight. 
Um, my mom taught me, uh, and, and a lot of people have probably heard it this way before, to you, you don't start a fight, but you finish it. I was going to bring up this quote, so I'm happy you're doing it too. And, yeah. uh, but, but she didn't leave it there. She yeah. said that you don't, you don't start a fight, but you finish it. But when you fight, you fight in such a way that they have to pull you off the person. That's how you fight. Mm-hmm. So that's how I attack stuff. That's whatever you give me, I'm going to give all max effort. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to give more than is expected, and I'm going to fight that way. So if we get into a fight, if we get into a tussle, if we're practicing and you think it's not live, yes, it's live. Mm-hmm. Because in my mindset, they're going to have to pull me off. And what was the, the other line? If you can't beat them, grab an object that's big oh, enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You pick yeah. up something and you yeah. knock the dog out of yep. we're gonna talk. We're going to talk about your Hall of Fame speech a little later. But I do want to, uh, I do want to touch on your rookie season. This is, a, this is a huge turning point in your life, huge turning point in the book. Um, it was a very important year for you. Can you just kind of maybe explain to listeners what happened in your rookie year and what you did to kind of change your life when it, when it did happen? There's a lot of things going on in my life, a lot of new things. You're newly wed, and for those of you who, who've gotten married, you understand that a lot of things change as you're newly wed. So newly wed, I'm just getting into Philadelphia. This is the, the furthest I've been away from home. The, fur, uh, the furthest before then was, um, was Clemson, <laughs> South Carolina, and now I'm up in Philadelphia with, with all the weather and all of those things. So it's, it's a completely different realm to get used to. And at that point, I was not talking. I was not doing a whole bunch of talking as far as some of the things that were going on inside of me. So there were things and issues that were piling up that I had sucked up, that I had dealt with, that I had sucked, not really talked about. You know, from my neighborhood, I felt like you you don't talk about your feelings. You just suck them up. You deal with them, especially, you know, a, a black male in my neighborhood. You suck it up. You deal with it. Right. That's that's how you deal with stuff. And so and that's that's an absolute wrong formula to utilize. And I was using that. And so I got to the end of me and with all the pressures of being a, um, a NFL player as well, drafted in, drafted in the second round, a lot was expected of me. So there's a lot of pressure mounting on me. And I was letting none of that out by talking to nobody. And I am basically, I imploded. You know, I, I imploded. I went to a very dark place, um, fell into depression and, um, and, and you know, got uh, treatment for a little while. Went to a therapist for a little while. Took some medication for a little while. And what that medicine did, and what that conversation did, is it brought me down off my emotions. And when I came down off my emotions, I began to hear spiritually from another on another level of the things I needed to start doing and the things I needed to stop doing. And that's what I've done. So specific things that I do ever since then that I developed after that to allow me to stay winning. I pray, read, meditate, journal every morning without question, without doubt. Sometimes it's longer than others, but I do it every morning without hesitation. And I love to do it because I know it's a strengthening exercise for me mentally, spiritually, and physically. Because sometimes I'll, you know, get some push-ups in there as well. So it's mm-hmm. just different things that I do in the morning. So what, but that going through that or growing through that was extremely important for me because now I'm on this other side of it and I, I'm able to talk about it with a lot of different demographics, whether it be young individuals going through some of the things they're going through, holding on to stuff, not talking, a little bit older into their 20s and 30s, and then all the way up to their 40s and 50s about the importance of taking care of your mental health and how important it is. I don't talk about mental health. I call it cerebral wellness because of the negative connotations attached to to mental health. But I'm, I'm blessed and I'll talk to individuals and allow them to see the power in taking control of the things you can't control and letting those things that you can't control, let them go. 
Just pray about them. Let them go. So glad that you wrote this book. I'm so glad you're able to tell your story in that way because especially with men, I feel like we always bottle our emotions up and we don't speak. And it's so important. Like you said, it's so important to be living a happy and healthy life, to be able to communicate with people what's going on in your life and how you can and how we how you can overcome that. And you you played football with such a passion. You played football with I've never seen a football. There's never been a football player, and there never will be a football player like you. The way that you played the game with such passion, such heart. You there was an interview I was listening to. I can't remember where it was, and you were going on about how you would literally scream three hours before the game, like you would just yell because you needed to get you needed to let emotion out. What what other tactics or what else did you do to kind of get prepared for games? Wow, the major major thing that I did, and probably won't believe this is prayer like that was the major thing for me to get ready for games mm -hmm. to get rid of you know way that the way that i would pray about it is to pray about to getting rid of getting rid of any and all distractions that would prevent me from being 100 present in the moment to do my very best and give everything that i have to my teammates something similar to that and so whatever it is during the week i needed to get rid of the things that I needed to make sure that I'm focused on from a uh, from a playbook standpoint, so I have no questions that I need to ask. I have nothing that I need to think about besides allowing my my ability and my um, anticipation to then take over. And then I've already I had already played the game at least one and a half times visually. It's taking visual exercises of taking myself through the plays, through the quarters, through the down the distance, through the situations, through the different people I would be covering and me having uh, seeing myself have success. Right. So now when I touch the field, I'm just I'm, I'm in such a peaceful place, but it's not a peaceful place where I would be laying down and just, you know, picking roses. Mm -hmm. I'm at a peaceful place because y'all just don't know what I'm about to do yeah. because I have all of this energy. I know where I'm going to be. I've already had myself. I've already seen myself having success. Somebody, somebody in trouble. Somebody's <laughs> in trouble. Okay. So I think one of the most underrated aspects of your career, Brian, is how healthy you were able to stay. You played such a physical, the way you played the game was so physical. It's, it's, it baffles me that you were able to kind of play. I think you had one season when you played under 10 games in your entire career. Like you were, you were on the field. Like you were yeah. the way you played the game. You shouldn't have been able to stay on the field. Like you were able to do. I feel like that's an under talked about how great you were as a player. How did you treat your body when you were playing? What did you do to kind of make sure that you were able to stay on the field? Did you do anything different than what you're seeing around? Kind of run me through that aspect of your career. Well, this was one of them. Staying hydrated. Real talk. Yeah. Like staying hydrated. Was, was one of my main issues. And, you know, I, I've taken a step further when it, when it comes to, to staying hydrated. I was one of those individuals. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever had one before a full body cramp. Right? Have you ever had a full body? No, cramp? Not a full body cramp. Can't say All that. Right. So I was prone to that, like okay. college, you know, high school. And before they knew anything about some of the things that are going on today, as far as hydration is concerned, it's not just water. You can't just mm -hmm. drink water. You have to drink, you know, have sodium and potassium and those things into your system. So they didn't know those things. And so one of the things that when I got to the league is we begin to do things that they begin to do things from a um, scientific standpoint of trying to figure out what's going on in each one of our bodies. So I had specific Gatorades that were assigned for me okay. and they would have, I don't know if you see, know the little salt packets with sodium in it. Yep. So yep. I would have in a regular one, they would just put one, they would put like three in mine. So they would have 20 on the top. And anybody mm -hmm. know that if you drank the one with 20 on it, it's basically going to be a salt water <laughs> because it was so. 
that's just one of the aspects. Hydration is, is very important. I wanted to make mm -hmm. sure I, I get that out. Mm -hmm. But it's also what you put into this vessel. You know, this 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 vessel here, and 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 um, I had a good teammate at the time who had been playing in the league. I think like 15, 13 years at that time, or something like that. And he told me this quote. I'll tell you who it is after I tell you the quote. Okay. He said, if, "He said, Rook, if you take care of your body now, it'll take care of you later." Yeah. And what, he said that my rookie year, and I took that. And ever since then, I've been looking at so how can I make sure that I take care of this vessel to put the best instrument, or excuse me, the, the best fuel in it so it can run as fish, as efficiently as possible to hopefully have me being in my 13th year balling out like Irvin Fryer did. So he, mm -hmm. Irvin Fryer was the dude who said this okay. to me. And so that's what I did. I was very conscious of what I ate. I only ate specific things. I, I did the for, for a little while, I did the um, eat for your blood type. I did okay. that for a little while. I tried that out for a little while, which I think mine was lamb. So I ate lamb like all the time. Like <laughs> lamb was my thing to eat. That's not a bad thing to eat all the time, it, man. It, I, it, I, it, I, it's not. It's lamb not. All the time too. Yeah. If, if I did eat red meat, it would be it would be yeah. lamb. And then it got to the point that I wouldn't eat a whole lot of uh, red meat necessarily during the week. It was more fish, salads during the week, vegetables, and all those things. And I would uh, only uh, the only time that I would allow myself to be bad, so to speak would be after the game, you know, after I've expelled all of that energy and all of those nutrients and all those things, I'll allow myself to, to really get down on some, some, uh, some, some of the stuff that I really like. And I did that all that time, but it's not just that. I also, I also did blood work at least twice a week. Okay. And not excuse me, twice a week, twice a year and had my neuropath sending into a lab to get my results to see where my levels are of some of the things that my body's like. And see, sometimes we take those packages that everybody takes and it's like a cookie cut package, but we are all different. So my my levels of something, for instance, my vitamin D would always be low. Okay. So I had to take vitamin D, right? And if I'm just taking what everybody else is taking, I'm not getting the things that are optimal for me. So that's mm -hmm. what I did. And I did that for the duration of my of my of, of my time in the National Football League to make sure that I was on top of the things that I needed to be on top of for my body type. You just talked about the way that I played the game mm -hmm. and I, I poured myself all out. So I, I needed to replenish yeah. not just with the things that they were giving me with some of the shakes and stuff that they would give me after practice. I needed amino acids and things for myself that was specifically made for me because I knew that from my blood results. That's how far I went when it when it came to my my health and taking care of my health and, you know, fish oil and all of those things. I've been doing that, you know, ever since. I still do it to this day. That's super interesting. Have you ever, has anyone in the league or any young, young people in the league ever asked you about how you did it? Uh, some, of, some of them have, some of them have. And, and I've, and I've shared it with them. I've, you know, I can only share with you so much because of the time that we have. Yeah. I, I just really wanted to um, kind of, I guess, kind of just really say that, it's extremely important for you to take care of this 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 vessel. Yep. To put the right things in it. The majority of the time, I didn't say all the time. The majority of the time, put mm -hmm. the right things in it, and it will take care of you later. I'm I'm, I'm blessed to be up in my, my 48. I'm 48 now. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. blessed to be able to still go in the gym, push it hard like I want to, move around like I want to, still have the energy and vitality that I want to. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, for me, I'm a, because I'm a visual person, like I told you, I've already seen what I'm going to look like at. 50 
I've already seen what I'm going to look like at 60 and hopefully 70, preferably 80. I've already already seen and visualized those things. Mm -hmm. So now I then live a life to make that a reality. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. And you're for 48, man, you're looking pretty darn good. I'll tell you that. Thank you, brother. So, uh, Brian, I watched you my entire life, and there's so many highlights that come to mind when I think of you, you, the teams you played on, and you just you made so many big plays. But there's one that comes out in particular, and I'm assuming it's probably the most watched Philadelphia Eagles highlight in Philly. I think you know where I'm going with this. You hitting Algie Crumple over the middle in the NFC Championship game. Brian, be honest with me. How many times have you watched that highlight since your career was over? Wow. Because I get fired up watching it. I couldn't even I, imagine watching you getting fired up. I, I mean, I, I definitely watched it. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if that's the one that I watched the most. I think um, is the time that it happened, and I think because of what we were going through at the time with the Eagles, we had lost three in a row, right? So that yeah. was like the fourth in a row. So I think the the magnitude of the moment also um, kind of put that and etched that in people's minds a mm-hmm. little uh, deeper than some of the other things that I've done. You know, I think the thing that I probably like more than that hit, even though that hit was more, was more violent mm-hmm. and more, um, uh, I guess the timing of it was perfect. Yeah. Was, you know, me jumping over an offensive lineman to uh, strip the ball out of Ben's hands, yeah. you know, yeah. at, you know, to end the game, right. To, to get the ball back. And that, that basically seals the game. Like to me, that was one of the greatest plays that I had that, that I did in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that the athleticism that I showed, um, in my, I think my 13th year at the time to be, still be able to play and, and do things at that level. Mm-hmm. So again, don't get me wrong. I love that hit and yeah. that's, that's who I am. And that, you know, that's the mindset that I had every day, all day. If I get a chance to, to, uh, to put that stank on you, I'm gonna put that stank on you. But, um, I, there's other hits that I, that I would have put before that. Mm-hmm. So you were a part of some great Eagles teams. Um, one, you, like you said, you went to the NFC championship game. Uh, multiple times you went to the Super Bowl. Is there a year that sticks out in your mind in Philadelphia that, that you will always remember the most that's maybe just above the rest? Wow. Well, the year we went, the, went, the year we went to the, the Super Bowl, I mean, it's, it's, it was kind of like it wasn't that we were going to beat you. It was how much we were going to beat you by and how quick the starters were going to sit out in the fourth quarter. Like that's really how we felt throughout the whole year. Mm-hmm. And that's how we played pretty much the whole year. Um, that was one of the, the greatest football teams of all time. I, I will take that to the grave. That, I, I sort of got I'll take that to the grave. I think it was. But the but the team that that hurt me the that hurt the most really was that team that um, when we lost to Tampa. Yeah, like that. That was that's that was that that all of them hurt. Don't get me wrong. It's mm-hmm. just something. It's just something about that one. Losing in the vet, that something about that one that was just the the most painful to me anyway. Two thousand and eight, I was about I think I was about thirteen years old. I I thought that you guys beat Arizona. I know we're going, I know we're getting to a sad area here, but you guys beat Arizona like that. That away team was absolutely rocking. You guys were buzzing heading in to the playoffs. I I thought you guys were a force to be reckoned with. Um, It's too bad it didn't all work out. But again, you played on some tremendous teams, and I wanted to kind of transition to your defensive coordinator you played in Philly with, I believe, for 10 years. I want to talk about the late Jim Johnson. You got to play under him for 10 years. Um, you and him are the reason I'm an Eagles fan today, watching the way that you were able to kind of play under his style of defense and the, just the, the way he was so schematic and the way he drew up everything. 
tell me what a, what a man he was like or what he was like, sorry, on and off the field. Yeah. Well, uh, Jim, he, he he expected his blitzes to work the, f- the first time. It was <laughs> He was not a very patient cat on the field. Yeah. And there is a reason why they didn't mic him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because every word, every other sentence would have been boop, boop. <laughs> and that was Jim. Like, you yeah. Know, you knew you knew that about him. You, that, that was the way that he, um, that the way he coached. But the, the the other thing about Jim is he was very um, underrated as far as putting guys in position to have success with the talent that they have. Not just putting guys in position just to put them in position. But if he saw you can do something, and he saw you had a talent, he would expand his playbook to 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 have the thing that you do well. An emphasis at some point during the season. So everybody kind of gets their turn to have that success. And that's the other thing I loved about it. Everybody got their chance to 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 join into the fun, whether it be cornerbacks, corner blitzes, and safety blitzes, whoever. At some point, somebody's because of the scheme that the other team run is running, excuse me, but also because of the skill set of some another player has that we have, then a package may be created. And that was the thing that happened with me that. You know, he saw all the things that I was blessed to be able to do. And he began to create packages. And basically, a, a lot of times the defense ran through a safety. And that's unheard of in the National Football League to have the defense ran through a safety. But that's what Jim did. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you next. Like, the way his defense was was um, was set up, do you think that helped you become basically one of the best safeties of all time? Like, it was, Absolutely. You credit him, yeah. It was, and I always, I always credit he, uh, him and Emmett because – it was those individuals that allowed me to be who I was. It was Emmett that brought that out of me. I didn't know who I was when I first got the National Football League. I didn't know. I was just trying to make a football team. If you know, in my mind, if I'm uh, before I got drafted and that drafted, I was thinking hopefully I can just make it on somebody's practice squad and I'll just make a team. If I got to play special teams, I play special teams. That was my mindset. Then I got drafted, um, and then Emmett saw something in me that I did not. And by the time Emmett left, I knew what he saw. I can see what he saw. I felt what he saw. And I, so the first year or so, I, I was believing in Emmett's vision of me because I couldn't see what he saw. But then when I saw what he saw, then I became, I began to grab visions for myself of what I wanted to go after. And that's when Jim came along. So he got somebody that was ready to go. Like, whatever mm-hmm. you ask me to do, I can do, and we're going to do it. So he began to just create things for that individual and that's one of the main reasons that I was blessed to, to, uh, to, to play as long as I did, have that many um, key moment stops because Jim believed in me in those moments. Like if there's something that needs to be done, a blitz that needs to be run, he's basically depending on me to win my block or do what I need to do, dive across somebody, run over somebody to make the play. And the majority of times I would. August 4th, 2018, Brian. What does that date mean to you? No, it doesn't. August 4th, 2018. It's your Hall of Fame inductee. Oh, man. You just got to say 2018. You got to. Yeah. It's when you were inducted Uh, in the Hall of Fame, I meant. Well, yeah. I mean, that's. (laughs) Wow, I didn't know it was August fourth. Well, yeah. not not out to be stuck in my memory. Yeah. August fourth, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Wow, um, just it was a, just a whirlwind. It was just so many emotions going through me. 
having the opportunity to to be to represent so many people who have blessed me along the way with you know some of the mindset the way that I play the game some of the the stats that I had you just mentioned Jim and just mentioned Emmett who helped me out and I went through a list of people that have helped me along the way neighborhoods and all of those so it's a lot of people that have had a hand in me being up on that stage so it was such a blessing and then also looking around in the audience and seeing all the Eagles fans and first time a lot of those individuals making the journey up to Canton was because of that. So in my mind, you know, because I handled the business that I was blessed to handle, so many people got a chance to experience that. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was just a blessing to, for me to have that opportunity. I, um, I specifically remember watching it in my living room. I was, uh, I was supposed to be at work and I told my boss, you got to give me 30 minutes. I- I'm not missing this. <laughs> I'm going to be watching it right here in my living room. Sorry, sir. You got, I've got to watch my favorite player get inducted into the hall of fame. How long did it take you to write that speech? How long did uh how long was that process? Uh I I don't necessarily write speeches. Oh, so it came from it came from the heart. It it I have I have a, um topics. I have a name or two, a, a topic or two, uh, a couple of sentences and I speak from my heart and that's that's how I did it. You know, sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing cuz you sometimes you forget and you know, that'll be always something I'll always um, uh, look back on with a little bit of re- regret because, you know, sometimes you leave out individuals. And I left out um, high school, uh, excuse me, my junior high. And um, I forgot to thank uh, uh, the Broncos as well. So that was I always that always be something that I always regret. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't I don't write my speeches. I speak from my heart. Ryan, um, last question for you again. Really, thanks for doing this. Um, I just got to ask you one more thing. Is there anything else you're looking to accomplish in life? Because you are 40 years old. You have accomplished pretty much everything you probably could ever imagine. Football Hall of Fame, played six years in the NFL, one of the greatest safeties of all time, one of the greatest defensive players in football history. What else is on, uh, what else is on deck for Brian Dawkins? Wow. Well, I'm, I'm blessed to have an understanding of who I am, first of all. Like, who's I am and who I am. And so football was not who I was. It's what I did for a living. And because I can separate those two, I, w- I was able to come out of the game and walk away from the game when I wanted to, you know, kind of on my terms. Even wasn't it wasn't it wasn't exactly on my terms because I would have walked out with a championship. But, um, you know, I was blessed to earn one as a, an executive with the Eagles, which yep. I'm happy we were, we were able to do that. Mm-hmm. But there's other things and bigger things out there for me to do with the blessings and the talent that I've been given. I'm, I can I, I can inspire people. And I'm blessed to have uh, a, a, a passion about living life a specific way that resonates with people. And so I believe and I am, you know, a mindset coach. So that's what I'll be doing. I'll be coaching other individuals in order for them to to bring out and recognize that thing in them. They're supposed to be so passionate about that they can't wait to get up to get going in the morning that they can't wait to uh, <laughs> uh to practice more of right mm-hmm. they, they're gonna they're gonna recognize those things in them by doing specific things that i was blessed to do in my life and c- certain things that i know now from a neuroscience standpoint of how to better manage and optimize your brain and how to utilize it i know those things now i've been studying these things um during this time so those are some of the things that are be coming out and in, in in the in the future but in the in the in the meantime, if you look at on my Instagram account, like that's that's what I do. I'm constantly putting out quotes from me. The first mm-hmm. they first blessed me 
and then they bless you. That's how it happens. I'll be reading, I'll be studying, I'll be exercising. Then a quota hit me and so a thought will hit me. I'll jot it down and then I'll send it to my guy to send it out for a for the for the public to to consume at some point after that. And then from the foundational standpoint, Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation. And you know, that's something that um this is not something that I'm uh I I'm only gonna do for a little while. This is something that's gonna be a part of the mission that is Brian Dawkins as long as I can breathe. And so mm -hmm. that platform is to bless single parents. It's, it's, it's to bless young adults with some of the things that they knew they need from a, um, a cerebral wellness standpoint, breaking down the stigma. What are the tools that you have at your disposal, whether that be journaling, journaling, excuse me, whether that be breathing exercises, whether that be talking to a mentor, talking to somebody in your circle. You know, there's different things that you can do, how to recognize if you need help, how to recognize if a friend needs help. And this is the things that you need to do. Or these are the people you need to do, uh, go to to get that help. Uh, financial literacy courses. You know, so those these are some, some of the um, um, learning centers. So these are some of the things that that uh, me and my foundation will do, but also my company will be doing as we continue to grow and, and gather and gain re, uh, gain resources. NFL legend Brian Dawkins, thanks so much for doing this, man. This was an honor. Thank you again for coming on. Uh, before we go, why don't you plug in where the listeners can follow you on social media and where they can purchase your book? Oh, man, go to BrianDawkins.com. It's all of the above, BrianDawkins.com. Ryan, thanks so much again for doing this. Can't thank you enough. And um, enjoy the NFL season and go birds. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah.